So today we're going to talk to Carl Steger, who is the Vice President of our Administrative Services Department. Carl's going to talk to us about his division and its role at the college. Tell me a little bit about your division and kind of, you know, because your division in particular is very multifaceted. So if you could walk us through just kind of the basics of the division that you kind of oversee. I'm over kind of the business operations and administrative operations. So it's, it's called administrative services. I started my career in the business office, so I'm over the business office. I'm over bookstore, over purchasing and ACC's had a purchasing department, uh, which I helped to start up here uh, since 2016. Uh, we had the infancy of it starting in 2013 with just a, a, a buyer uh, position, and then we added positions to make it a full department. I'm over physical plant and all the departments that are in that. There's about five departments within the physical plant department. And then just this, this past year, I had police department put under me as well and it, and kind of a forgotten department is is uh, the mail room is under <laughs> me as well which is not only just mail but also answering the phone so switchboard yes. yeah basically you're and I say this basically but your department handles a lot of the financial transactions that kind of come in and out of the college one of y'all's biggest responsibilities is the budget which got approved back here in September I think it was yeah or, yeah Ultimately, yeah. How much work goes into building your budget? Like, what? How it's does a, it? It's a lot. Uh, you know, I the, mean, it's a lot. It's a like ongoing process. It it's is never really ends. Practically, it, yeah. Probably in other institutions that are even larger, it probably goes lo- longer. Probably the one reprieve area time period that we get is uh, in the fall, a little bit after we, you know, we we adopted the tax rate in September. I think we adopted the budget in August. Once you adopt the budget in August, you pretty much know what the tax rate is that you're going to adopt in right. September. And you have to adopt it in September. You have mm-hmm. to get those numbers in by the end of September to the county. So we have October through December mainly off. And so January right now, we're starting the cycle. It, it's n- Nothing's happening with anybody except for one person. That's my administrative assistant who is working on accumulating previous numbers. Right to show people so that they can use those numbers to base what they think their new number will be for this coming fiscal year. And so we go through trainings after we do trainings of how to input your budget, then we're going to go through a process of how to ask for uh, new positions under Doxer Exley. There's a little bit of a new philosophy of if we have positions that are open, do we need them? He kind of leaves it to each vice president to kind of, you know, use their own and, and the, uh, you know, the people that work under that vice president to figure out how do you want to, what, what is it that you want to do and how can you get there? And is there a way that you can just use some of the resources you have and convert those over and still accomplish what you need to do with new positions? That's what I did some this last year with my well, area. Well, you know, that's part of the whole being fiscally responsible. Yeah. I guess. Like, you know, it's not just an automatic. Yeah. It makes it, makes it a little bit easier this past year just because, some some positions are difficult to fill, mm-hmm. and then, for instance, it was it's difficult to fill a part time custodian position, but it's pretty easy to fill a full time. So we converted some part time positions into full time, so that we can just get the staffing we need. We still need to fill uh, that partic- one particular position, but uh, you know that that is the kind of thing that helps. So it's you a whole adjust issue. The, it's a whole an issue of changing the position to fit the mm-hmm. adjust to the market. Sometimes. The market needs. Yeah, yeah. 
So, and so kind of, I mean, has that really gotten difficult? I mean, cause you hear a lot of talk about, you know, working conditions out there that a lot of workers are quitting, you know, their jobs and moving on and that it's finding, it's hard to kind of fill positions in general. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you've encountered you think, or is this, or is, and I guess my point is, is some of this adjustment, is it part of that? Some of it, when we have an area of concern, um, we'll have that area uh, be analyzed by human resources. Right. And they'll do a study. Sometimes the area might even bring some resources of information and say, hey, look at this. This, this is what I'm competing against. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we've got we to make a decision because uh, it depends on how critical the, the position is that we just or positions. It could be a whole right. department at right. times because we are competing against, you know, could be school districts. You know, we have common uh, employees with school districts. Could be other colleges, universities. Sometimes some of our employees are, we're competing with cities and counties too, and so we have to we have to look around and see what is was it that we need to do sometimes to make a strategic move and and not lose. You don't want to lose like your core force of right. employees. Right. You know. Okay, so in the last board meeting here, um, last week actually, when when we record this, you know, they came out with the audit, and you know, everybody they hear the word audit, and mm-hmm. you know, their eyes glaze over, and mm-hmm. it, you know. But this is pretty important, especially for, mm-hmm. like, government agencies and educational agencies. First of all, I mean, generally speaking, how do we do in the audit mm-hmm. in general? But in kind of how does it – what does it do for the college to have this done every year? Uh, well, it has to be done. It's it's a, a legal state mandate. Uh, some colleges around the United States, they are audited by their own, like, state auditor, for instance. The way Texas does it is they you have to hire an external independent audit audit accounting firm, and so uh, it has to be done every year. And it's things have changed since I don't know for if people remember two thousand one Enron collapsed. <laughs> Arthur Anderson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so they were, you know, Arthur Anderson may be the largest CPA firm in the world at that time, and now they're totally gone. I was about to say I don't think they exist anymore. And so you have. They, they made a new federal law, Sarbanes-Oxley, and it really has really changed how auditing is done. It puts a whole lot more pressure on the individual institution. It puts a whole lot of pressure on the CFO. It puts a whole lot of pressure on the controller of that uh, company or uh, organization. Institution like we are, you know, a governmental institution. Um, and so they attest to that the financials fairly present the financial situation their status of the college that's mainly what they're doing and there is still a lot more of auditing that could occur that really doesn't occur in a financial audit like you'd think you think they'd go out and do they really test for internal controls everywhere <laughs> they don't totally always do that they, they can do that if they think there's an area of concern but if there isn't an area of concern, they don't just go out and strive to look mm-hmm. for places. So auditing is, to me, quite a bit different than it was in, you know, more than 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and what was our audit results? I mean, what did they? Well, it was a, it's called an unmodified opinion. It's, it's the. It doesn't sound very no, uh, no. appealing, but it's actually pretty important. No, so. and, and in the accounting world, you know, previously the word, word they used for the equivalent of that used to be called an unqualified opinion. That means they didn't do, put, in quali- put any qualifiers on it. Okay. Now they call it un- unmodified. Maybe that sounds a little bit more acceptable to someone that doesn't know much about accounting, but it's, it's a, a good opinion. The other part that they talk about with the man, um, management of the institution and the board 
is are there any areas of concern that we should be aware of? There sometimes can be internal controls that I was talking about, or sometimes it can be something else. And so the only thing we had in this audit was really about new uh, accounting standards for accounting for subscriptions for large software purchases mm -hmm. and, and how you do the accounting treatment. And they basically want us to account for that the, pretty much the same way we do for leases. And okay. I know that sounds probably very boring to the people <laughs> out there, but it's Back and out of it fast. And that's one of those things. And one thing that everybody does understand is, you know, yeah. a government agency being fiscally responsible. And yeah. And, you know, that's the importance of doing those audits on the annual basis. Like multiple, the, the multiple years of dollars that we have to pay for those software, softwares that run our student system, that, that run our payment system. Uh, that run our uh, analysis of our, you know, the, how we keep up to date with uh, real-time registrations of students right. to know how are we doing well, are we not doing well. Our our system of um, reserving our rooms. There's there's all these different softwares that we we buy, and it it, it adds up to a lot of money. It's and you you have that expense every year. <laughs> and this gets complicated too, but it, it's also one of those things that's very important, especially given. You know, there's a lot of um, prognostication about the economy coming up that we're about mm -hmm. to enter some kind of difficult times. But, you know, after the audit, the Board of Regents approved um, a transfer of um, funding that we had. And I think it was, it's what's called institutional reserve. Mm -hmm. Explain what that is and kind of how important that is. Yeah. So basically, when you just a a regular company or even oh, so you maybe you can explain it like yeah. in yeah. personal yeah. savings we'll talk terms. About, yeah, we'll talk about <laughs> revenues and expenses. And, and so basically we have revenues and we have expenses. And if the revenues, the money in, exceeds the money coming out, then in um, a governmental institution like us, it's called fund balance. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it goes into a fund balance. If the board wants to reserve it for a specific or maybe a, a purpose in the future, then we here at this college, our, our terminology that we use, we call it institutional reserve. So we reserve that money for possibly a, a future purpose. And it probably at our level, it's probably the closest thing when you hear to the Texas Rainy Day Fund. Yeah, that you, you, there is a fund of money out there that if you, you know, the crisis got bad enough for us, you know, we, we try to maintain uh, it's a very conservative standard. We try to maintain five months worth of operations. And this this will allow us to, we've just exceeded that five months. We're a little bit more than five months of operations, not quite six months of operations, we think, with this latest um, movement to institutional reserve from the board. Now, is that, and when you say it's five months, is it five months of what they call um, revenue from property taxes and the state allocation, or is it all, does it match like dollar for dollar every revenue it would take to operate for those five months? On, on average, I mean, you take our, our our budget. Our budget's a little bit over forty million uh, annually. An, <laughs> annually, right now for this current year, if you divided that number at forty million by twelve and then okay. multiplied it by five, okay. it, it is the equivalent m money of about. So this is regardless of what that revenue. Is yeah, this be. is okay. yeah. So so like if your revenue, this is if for some reason, yeah. say there was a bank, say the banking, the whole banking system got hacked, and but yet we were still able to obtain our money that's in the bank, mm -hmm. then we would be able to still operate and use that money mm -hmm. to uh, run for five months until, you know, then they could get the revenue flowing again, hopefully. So 
Aubrey, no, tell me about yourself and kind of how you got to this position and, mm-hmm. and where did you, how did you get into higher education? Because I know you're a CPA mm-hmm. and that's a very valuable skill out there mm-hmm. right now. So how did you go from, you were in private sector first, right? And then yeah, a little you warped bit. into yeah. higher yeah. education. Yeah, I was, um, um, I started with one of the big, big. I don't know if they were called big eight or big six accounting firms. I think it was big eight accounting firms. It changes firm. every year. There's big four, big five. Big yeah, six, it's fewer than because we know we said Arthur Anderson's gone. So I started with uh, Coopers and Librand out of, I uh, went to Lamar University and I um, graduated with an accounting degree um, and you pretty much it seemed to be the way of most, most of the accountants as we were recruited, uh, accounting um, degreed. Uh, students were recruited by the big eight accounting firms. Uh, so I know a lot of us uh, got job offers. And it seemed like from my uh, graduating class, there was like two of us that went to each one of the firms. So I went to uh, Coopers and Librarian. I also uh, had an offer from Price Waterhouse. Price Waterhouse is kind of known for. Well, now uh, that's Price Waterhouse Cooper, correct? Right, yeah. yeah. So if I'd gone with Price Waterhouse, so, and <laughs> I stayed with them, and it would have been with them eventually. <laughs> but Price Waterhouse then is, was known as the one that, you know, where that uh, does the uh, counting of the awards for the Academy oh, okay. Awards. Yeah, right. And so um, so I, went, I was there for only six months, and, you know, in, you know, I tell my age, but ni- it was in 1986. Um, you know, Houston basically had its financial cri- crisis right. with the oil, the bust, oil, the oil bust. bust yeah. yeah, and so which was you know when I think back to those times, that is really the worst time I've seen in my career of people needing jobs because I remember being in Houston. I lived in Houston. I remember being in my um, apartment. It would be lunchtime. I'd be watching Channel Eleven News. Channel Eleven would let um, unemployed people on to the TV and talk for 30 minutes, uh, 30 seconds and give their 30 second resume. And they would do that at commercial breaks. And I thought, wow, this is really sad. How bad, how bad this is. Also remember, uh, there's a really nice restaurant there in Houston called La Colombe Dior. And, uh, they would sell lunch for whatever the price of oil was that day. And they would price it that way. So I went on, I was unemployed for a little while, but I went on, I had to come back home down here into Galveston uh, County, and uh, I I worked at St. Mary's Hospital, mm-hmm. which at that time was the longest consecutive running hospital, private hospital in the state of Texas, and mm-hmm. it it it, uh, it survived until 1996. I I worked there for three years, and then I got into the community college world. Um, when I was going to school, before I went to Lamar, my first year I went to College of Mainland, so. Mm-hmm. When I was at College of the Mainland, I worked in the bookstore. Uh, the man, my manager of the bookstore had just moved into the business office at that time when I worked there, so I was familiar with him. So I was able to go back and work for him oh, cool. as an okay. accountant in, in the business office. So really, I took the long road, I think. <laughs> I, I did not, I was not, a, a, I guess, an ambitious person, and I did not, like, really, was not really concerned about my career growing. So I was... Um, I mean, did you care more about what you were doing as yeah. opposed to I mean, I enjoyed, uh, kind of yeah. rising up in the ranks of yeah. bigger firms? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I took the slow road. And uh, so I, I was there 14 years. So I was 18 years into my career before I came here to a- ACC. So I was an accountant the whole time I was there. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, you know, I had an opportunity here. I knew, I knew somebody over here that, you know, kept trying to kind of recruit me over here. Um, so I came over and, 
and I've been here almost 20 years. It'll be 20 years this September. Mm -hmm. I, I started as an assistant director here in the business office, which at that time was a brand new position. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they hired my boss at the same time. She started one week before me, and she was from Enron. Mm -hmm. So, And uh, we went on from uh, three years in that position to six years as controller to now I've been here 10 years in this position as CFO. Right. So. I'm, I don't. I don't uh, regret the way I did it because. Well, you have a varied experience that I know gets really valuable for us. In the in yeah, the, you know what's really in, what you realize when you hear about people with a lot of years of experience uh, that because you've been through so many things or you've been through just the history of things, especially with community colleges or just anywhere if you're working, that uh, when you start to see something on the horizon, you say, "Oh, wait a second. Uh, just to let y'all know, this is kind of what happened back in this year." And I happen to have a very chronological mind and, and memory for some things like that. Uh, I think it does come out helpful that it kind of keeps people from panicking of, uh, you know, this, don't worry, this, you know, we can make it through this. or Kind you know, of knowing so. your options in those types of situations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So tell me, you know, we had these, the bond that passed here about three, four years ago. 2018. Yeah. Yeah. And so I know your your department was very instrumental in having to handle all of the contractors mm -hmm. and making sure, because, I mean, that, it was $25 million, and you have to measure to the penny mm -hmm. what it's being spent on because there's all kinds of laws involving how you can mm -hmm. spend bond money. Yeah. And so, I mean, are you kind of relieved now that it's finally kind of approaching its end yeah. or no? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I never really want to go through another construction project again <laughs> like that because it, it, I was just talking with our construction manager yesterday, and I was – telling him i said man you know construction business is to me from my perspective very miserable it's very miserable because there's never anybody 100 percent satisfied at the end of the project because you can always find something wrong because you're dealing with a large set of right. buildings you know but yet when you if you look at it from the other perspective of you know how much you did get right and how much how much improved things are uh you know just a large part of what we had to do with this you know 25 million that we borrowed plus we kicked in uh, three million of our own college money so mm -hmm. there's really a 28 million dollar project there's there's about a little over uh, maybe it's about 1.3 million of that dollars mm -hmm. still left and we'll, we'll f do some finish up projects here coming up in the, the next year but uh, you realize how improved the college is i mean uh, biggest part of what we were doing with this last bond was uh, fixing up the air conditioning system uh, so a lot of a lot of electrical work as well but and you know some of the things we can do with our air conditioning system now, you know, there's no way we ever could have done that before. And I'm quite certain that, and it, it was really good at the right time. We needed a system that'll help introduce fresh air into the buildings, literally fresh right. air. Yeah. And which came at just the right time when COVID's coming right. around. So <laughs> it, it worked well for us. Thank you for coming to talk to me today. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you there, John. Thank you for listening. To read about these stories and more, visit alvincollege.edu.